You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. What's up? You like that 90s throwback there? That is quite a 90s throwback. <laughs> I often forget what that was even about. I have no idea. It was from some ad, right? I do believe it was because I recently, I re, that's weird that I can even think about this. I recently saw it come up somewhere and I think it was the original context. I'm like, huh, that's weird. Glad it's not the 90s. <laughs> the 90s were a weird time. Yeah. I miss some of those cartoons. I'll say that. Yes. Have we talked about this on the podcast, the, the film Boyhood? Oh, I don't think we have, but we ought to. It's interesting because for those of you who don't know, I think it's a mostly appropriate movie. I mean, I don't think there's anything in there. That, like, I don't know yet, but I'm eager to find out. It's high <laughs> on my watch list. I will, uh, at great risk of <laughs> perhaps like people watch it be like, what the heck? It's not a Christian movie, so to speak, but it's one of, I loved it. But basically what happened was this guy literally filmed it over the course of 10 or 12 years. I can't remember 12, what the exact, 12. 12 years. So what happened was basically every summer, give or take, he would film a part of the movie. So like, here's this summer, and then we'll get back together and film the next part next summer. So you literally watch this family grow up. Yeah. And it's a great story, great film, amazing concept. Yeah. And they were able to execute on it. And part of the charm of it for me watching it the first time was going back to the early 2000s and realizing, oh my, I forgot. <laughs> that was something we did in 2003. <laughs> I completely forgot that that was a thing. And here it is, and the absolute nostalgia was Ooh. unreal. It's uh, Richard Linklater. Yeah, that's right. He that's is right. a freaking master with dialogue. It's amazing. So yeah. I, I'm sure I would love this. Yeah, very great film. Yeah, there's nothing, I don't remember anything inappropriate. I think, you know, it's, you're tracking this boy yeah. who grows up, which is why it's called Boyhood. I think there may be, you know, like, I mean, it has some language. We're putting a conditional you're caveat. You're dealing, yeah, like, it's dealing with, you know, a family that has some very big issues yeah so I mean, you know you y'all know what you like to watch yeah that's right so you know i liked it yeah. <laughs> it's very high on my list <laughs> so anyway yeah that's so much for was up and remembering <laughs> when was that and what year and what was it about and all of those things so yeah anyway but you're well you're doing well i am doing well literally nothing to complain about it's great and in theory anyway in theory and if we could, depending on what kind of complaint, what good would it do, right? See, that's that's a reference to an <laughs> that's episode. Right. That's right. How right. about you? Yeah, I'm feeling good. Mm. Feeling really good. Yeah, got a lot going on and not like in the pity, like I got a lot going on. Like, no, it's, no, just, it's like my life it? is full and yeah, it's an I have a time. My brother-in-law was like, do you feel like you have a sense of glorious purpose? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you describe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah glorious purpose. Oh. So, yeah, I mean, things are going going well you know Very good. family's doing well good just rocking and rolling mm. you know weather's finally turning weather is finally turning kind i of. love the turn into spring yeah so much tell me about that you are coming out of the cold dark misery of winter <laughs> yeah. which i abhor right <laughs> i will grant you know advent christmas time and looking at snow yeah like covering the trees yeah. i enjoy that for sure other than that yeah <laughs> no dark cold miserable you are coming out of that and enjoying the first warm days and in the mornings you can start to hear the birds singing oh, i do love that a lot and you catch the first trees budding and flowers mm. beginning to blossom and mm. the smell like even the smell in the air starts to feel springy i don't know it it, <laughs> it feels like that moment in a 
dream, literally, like when you're asleep and it's not been a good dream. Oh, gosh. And you get to the end of it and you're like, wait a minute, something isn't right here. I'm in <laughs> yeah. a dream. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, yeah. It was a dream. That's how the beginning of spring feels to me. Waking up from the dream of winter. Yes. That's amazing. And it's like, oh, I just it makes me so happy and I feel like so much opportunity. And anyway. Hopefully uh, it hangs around because I remember it was last year in April, mid-April of last year, I was at a concert in PA and got to get there early. I'm one of yep. those people. They got to be at the barricade. Mm-hmm. So you got to show up early. And it was cold. In fact, it was snowing. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. were like hiding around the corner of the building, hopefully, you know, wishing that the wind would go the other way. And I'm like, dude, it is, it is April, friends. <laughs> what is going on? And it was just like wet and it was really quite awful. Yeah. But also, I mean, I say quite awful. Like it was also quite an experience. Yes. And it could have been, it could have been tragic. It was far from that. But I'm just sitting here hoping like, yeah. What about this year? Yeah. Because you, can we make it this year? You get those moments and it's like waking up from the bad dream that was winter into like, oh, spring. And oh, it wasn't like that, only then to have something go wrong that day. And you're like, oh no. It's a cliche movie fake out when you thought yeah. it was good and that was a dream. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, like the double dream sequence the and double the dream. where you're like, oh, 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 like, what is reality? Oh, is this Inception? Word. The Inception multiverse? Yes. Oh, which, you know, speaking of seeing things truly and wondering. <laughs> What's real? <laughs> what a turn. <laughs> yes, what a turn indeed. We're <laughs> the masters of the turn. No, most if not all of our responses to life are dependent on what we're seeing, right? Yeah. I mean, like, we react and respond and all the rest based on what we're perceiving around us. And and the fitness of our thoughts and our words and our deeds is based upon how truly and accurately we see things, yeah. right? So, I mean... You know, if you see a car accident take place in front of you, uh, you, you probably ought to be a little bit horrified. Like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. do I need to call the cops? Do I need to be a shock. see if they're all right, pull over, check on these people? Versus like, if you walk into your house and, oh, everything's, you know, hunky-dory and fine and <laughs> lovely, and then you go into freak-out mode, you <laughs> oh, know? Yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Like, everything's fine. So that's just on a superficial level, but this <laughs> is, for obvious reasons, massively important for Christians to understand. Because we want to respond rightly to the way the world actually is. Yeah, right. For sure. And to the things that we're seeing and perceiving and to reality as God defined it. And I was reminded of just how important this is recently from a well-known story in 2 Kings 6. And I thought, hey, you know what? Just a nice, nice little thing we could talk about on a, on a podcast episode. So here we are. All right. And uh, you'll remember, if you're familiar with the scriptures, that this is the occasion in which the king of Syria is trying to take out the prophet Elisha because okay. Elisha was basically informing the king of Israel, oh, hey, the king of Syria is going to do this if you go that direction. So don't do that. He's like, yeah. oh, thank you, Elisha. And the king of Syria is like, what the heck is going on? And the servant's like, it's the prophet Elisha. He's like, great, kill him because I'm, I'm tired of this. Yes, right. Like, yeah, like Elisha, who nary says anything. And so he, you know, really wants to get rid of this guy and he sends his army Mm -hmm. to take out this one guy. That's, I mean, you're committed when you're like, (laughs) I'm sending my army to take you out. Wow. And so Elisha's servant wakes up one morning and is walking around and, of course, sees the Syrian army encamped around them nice. where they happen to be. He's That's like, a surprise. oh, my gosh. Yeah, like he sees that and he's terrified out of his wits, as one would be, right? Yeah, like if, I think so. If I saw the Russian army, you know, 
encircling my house. Like, well, just, I think it was the Russian army. It wouldn't feel so bad. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'd be like, hey, uh, this is going to be fine because your equipment stinks. Uh, look at that. I could not help it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you see something like that, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, like, guess I'm going to die today, right? Yeah. Like, I, that's, that's freaky. That's frightening. And so Elisha's servant goes back to his master, crying out wildly, alas, my master, <laughs> what shall we do? Yeah. yeah like, what, right. Like, what shall we do? You know, so. it's two of us against however many hundreds, if not thousands of them. Yeah. But of course, Elisha was not at all concerned. Mm. And you might be tempted to, at first blush, say like, oh, Elisha's just not in touch with reality. <laughs> right. Because if you think about that, like, let's say something awful happens and you feel awful and you're like, what in the world? Like a, like a tragedy. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to use, <laughs> I hesitate to use specific examples because, I you, understand know, you know what I mean? But like something bad happens yeah. and you feel really bad about it and you go and like Elisha's servant, you go to some Christian you know and love, some mentor, father, mother figure, somebody and you're like, alas, you're like, what are we going to do? And they're just kind of like, ah, <laughs> you know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, mm. are you out of touch with reality here? Yeah. You know, like there is a way to be that way. Or like at this point, I don't know how old he is. I picture him as an old man at pretty yeah, much all times. Yeah. Like bald um, with a big white beard. Yeah. And like, well, okay, he's not concerned. Does that mean he's just like, and uh, now it is my time and I knew it was so. Yeah. I'm like, just I'm just ready to, ready to die. die. I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, brother. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm young. I have, I have time left. But of course, as we see in the rest of the story, Elisha is not afraid because he saw truly Mm -hmm. and was able to respond, we might say, duly. In fact, verse 16 of 2 Kings 6, uh, he has the audacity to say to his servant, don't be afraid. (laughs) Like, don't be afraid. Classic. The, uh, have you tried not being afraid? Prescription. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. It's like, (laughs) you know, like being chased by a bear and you got someone like off in the distance, like, hey, don't be afraid. Like, (laughs) thanks, brother. That does not help yeah. you I, have not done anything to change the situation for my betterment oh man you know yeah you're just being silly so like fat lot of good saying that's gonna do when you're surrounded by a foreign army yeah you know if only saying it can make it so like if that actually worked we would never be afraid right exactly. if all you had to do when you were afraid is have someone look at you and say don't be afraid mm. problem solved yeah but that's not the way it works because we need good firm trustworthy reasons to not be afraid when we're put into ostensibly frightening scenarios. Yeah, right? I, I like that acknowledgement that we, we it doesn't come naturally. We yeah, need that. right. Now, thankfully, Elisha does give his servant a reason not to fear. He says, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a good reason. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I can't help but wonder if there was a big dramatic pause between like, don't be afraid. Huge pause. Yeah, like, nervously looks around. Like, starts sweating. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's the actual reason. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I think I needed you to lead with that, Al. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could have started there. He's like, well, that would have killed the tension in the story, brother. You know, I would just stick around. <laughs> this is an object lesson. You just don't know it yet. Yeah, right. Because I'm sure at that moment, to your point, the servant was probably looking to the hills and thinking to himself, what in the world are you talking about? There's a whole army encamped out there to capture us, and there are tens of thousands of them to two of us. Yeah. Where is this? There are more with us than there are more that with them. Like, where, where is that? I'm not seeing it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Elisha's servant was not seeing all there was to see. He had important facts that concerned him. You know, he had chariots, soldiers, all armed and sent to capture his master, 
and he, but he was not seeing everything in God's light. Mm. That's the important factor here. And so, of course, Elisha prays, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Mm, mm. See, that's actually, that's what I wanted him to leave with. <laughs> yeah. He could have cut to the chase in that instant. <laughs> Solve all your problems right there. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the servant was afraid because he thought that they were surrounded by the chariots of Syria. But in reality, they were surrounded and protected by the chariots of God. Mm. And he just didn't have the eyes to see that. Right. And when his eyes are opened, he was then able to see things as they really were, which is interesting because when Elijah earlier in chapter two of Second Kings is taken up into heaven, mm-hmm. he's described as being carried up with horses and chariots of fire. Yeah, that's right. So like the same, the same forces that spared Elijah from experiencing death are the same forces that are now going to protect Elisha. <sighs> from experiencing death. Oh, that is such an that's such an interesting parallel. Yeah. So when you look at that, it's pretty clear that of the two of them, Elisha was the one who was properly responding to the facts, mm. right? Like if they had not been surrounded by chariots of fire, there may have been good cause to feel a little fear, right? <laughs> like so. be like, oh yeah, to not be so, you know, nonchalant about it. Yeah. You're just coming um, to grips with your fate at that point. Right. And the thing, obviously, to take away from this, you know, no mm-hmm. one limit to one takeaway, but- One of the key takeaways is that we can have that same sort of experience through God's word because God's word is what enables us through prayer, doing just like what Elisha did, Mm -hmm. to see reality in a new light and thus interpret it differently and act differently, to act in accord with the way things really are. And you take like a really common example, like the 24-hour news media mob is looking at all the same sense data that we are, right? Like we all have access to the same sense data, but they tend to come to one conclusion, which is fear and doom. Mm -hmm. Like they constantly want to spin that. That's what makes money. Yes, it does. And in that way, they're a lot like Elisha's servant Mm. um, with the difference that they're making money off of it. (laughs) (laughs) Little profit. Um, But we as Christians can look at all that same sense data and do what the psalmist did in Psalm 56, 3, where he said, when I am afraid, so pause, that means there are circumstances that you can look at and say, this is not good. This yeah. is freaky, right? Like, again, we're not we're not advocating burying your head in the sand and not dealing with things that are going on in the world, sure. right? But we're saying that if you want to be like the psalmist, if you want to be like Elisha, you say, when I am afraid, when, not if, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Mm. And that's the ground for our confidence, right? Is like, you just take that as a common example. If you were surrounded by people who are ready to kill you. Yeah. In the words of Jesus, that's the worst they can do <laughs> is kill you. <laughs> like they cannot destroy your soul. They cannot separate you from the love of Christ. Mm. And so, yeah, like what can they do to you? At the end of the day, basically nothing. And that's the progression. We look around, see ourselves surrounded by enemies, hardship, whatever it may be. We feel afraid. We respond to that fear by putting our confidence in God based on what we know of him from the scriptures. And then we trust in him and we find that uh, we have the God of angel armies on our side, right? Those same chariots of fire. The author of Hebrews says, are not angels ministers of fire sent to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? So like, yeah, we can't see quite literally the same way yeah. Elisha and the servant did, but those same forces are employed for our good right now, mm. happening like all around us, which is wild to me. <laughs> and that all that is to say is like when you look at the very specific promises of scripture and how we ought to view reality in light of God's word, that is what enables us to see truly and respond duly. Mm. And uh, if they can do that, so can we.
Right? Yeah. It's the same method, same thing at work here. I think um, it's probably easier said than done. In oh, absolutely cases. it is. And, like, I'm, I want to say that like this pattern of, of behavior, I would imagine, is something that needs to be like cultivated and, and practiced. Yes. Oh, agreed. Like, nothing about that comes naturally. No, right. <laughs> and I would imagine, and I feel like I have to say imagine, having, having not been faced with fearful odds, that it's something that happens over time. You yeah. Know? Like it's probably uh, sometimes kind of a messy journey that you have to constantly right. remind yourself and, and come back to this. Yes. And I think we tend to like want to trivialize things. Mm. So we think of this story and we think I've never had a hostile army <laughs> coming to kill me. Right. And so yeah. we look at it and think, well, that's good for them. But like, thankfully I don't have to deal with that. And that's true. I'm mm. thankful. I don't have to <laughs> realistically face that, but we all probably find ourselves in situations that induce fear. Yeah. And the question is not, you know, like, Oh, like, well, should you be afraid of that? In that moment, the question is, okay, I feel afraid. Mm. So like, okay, here's an example. Most people, you know, if the this is a common thing that's brought up with public speaking and who knows how true it is or not, but, oh, yeah. you know, it's commonly said in surveys, people are more afraid of public speaking than of death, right? <laughs> yeah. So like, let's say you have been called upon to give a talk to a group or you have to give a presentation or a speech or something and that's freaking you out. That's an opportunity to practice this. Mm -hmm. Like that moment is an opportunity to practice it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good point. So I think to your point, we do have to practice it and we do get little opportunities like that all over the place. Yeah. And I do find that encouraging. And also it comes to mind that Jesus even felt this. Oh my Because word. what a good connection. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he is sorrowful unto death. He's sweating blood. Yeah. He's begging the Father to let this cup pass from him. Right? So he's not just <laughs> he's not just saying, like, well, I know how the story ends and <laughs> it's gonna be fine, so I'm not gonna be afraid. Right. I mean, the man is literally sweating blood. He is so distressed. And yet he is able to bring that before the Father and then say, not my will, but thine be done. Mm. And then able to go and face what's in front of him to yeah. carry the cross for the joy set before him, ultimately. And if uh, he had to do that, then <laughs> we will probably find ourselves in, in, such, in such situations. And that means we need to crack open our Bibles and know what the truth is. And then when we feel afraid, put our trust in him and then take the step, mm. do the thing mm. and make it happen. So there we have it. All right. See truly, respond duly. Well, hey guys, thanks as always for listening. And if you found this episode helpful, if it opened your eyes a little bit to the way things are or ought to be, and you want to leave us an honest five-star review in that Apple podcast platform, that'd be stellar. It would be so stellar. We'd really like that. That would mm. open our eyes to... Uh, <laughs> No, kidding, of course. Uh, and if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free as always to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Mm -hmm. Thank you as always for listening, and we'll catch you next time.